is up everybody and welcome to the tailgate this is tailgate talks powered by the nation you're listening to episode 213 today is february 7th we're recording on a wednesday night so uh texas tech basketball uh lost on tuesday so we're get this uh basketball recap not a great week a sick week uh teams pretty much had a run of the flu so uh, hopefully they can get better they have three days here to uh, try to get uh, healthy uh, and get ready for an important stretch but we're here to break down uh, the 0-2 week for the Red Raiders an unfortunate week but uh, we'll discuss it get through that and to catch everything we're doing here at tailgate talks through the rest of this basketball season uh, make sure you are following us follow us on Apple follow us on Spotify give us those five star ratings please five stars for the tailgate and if you listen to us on Apple we always appreciate a review there also follow us on social media we do most of our posting and interacting on Twitter and you can find us at tailgate underscore talks that's where we like to post especially during basketball games and stuff like that so if you want to get our thoughts during the game give us a follow there we're also on Facebook instagram and youtube uh not much going on with the youtube right now but hey, if you give us a follow there more followers maybe we'll start posting more content there and lastly if you have any questions comments or anything you would like us to discuss on the tailgate you can always send us an email at tailgate talks pod at gmail.com uh, so with all of that said let's go ahead and get into this week's episode we're gonna start this thing off right all right well it is an unfortunate o in two week for the Red Raiders, it's uh, much more fun to get on to discuss after a one and one, a two and zero week. But zero uh, and two in the last week with losses to Cincinnati and Baylor. Texas Tech now having lost three straight games, a five and one start to the Big Twelve erased. It's now a five and four in the Big Twelve. With how the Big Twelve has gone, you're still in the thick of the race, though. So yes. you're only a, you're only a game back. So there's no. Reason to completely panic because it's been a chaotic Big 12 season. Kansas has lost four games as well. So uh, I don't think there's really any reason to hang your head. But Dustin, three-game losing streaks don't kind of get the people uh, riled up. People on Twitter pretty negative last night. So uh, what's your level of concern now that the Red Raiders have lost three straight games? Yeah, everybody needs to calm down. It's okay. Mm -hmm chill out for a second <laughs> it's the freaking big 12 and this year especially like look around <clears throat> yeah no one can get on a winning streak or get hot really like how we came out the gates to me that was just like us giving ourselves cushion <laughs> yeah yeah it's <laughs> like exactly. i even asked you last week like ah, i'm kind of skeptical on this little run you know and i don't think the factors of these last two games really played into that really. But uh, yeah, everybody calm down. It's okay. Now we need to get a win Saturday against UCF because next Monday, Kansas rolls into town and yeah. that's going to be tough, tough cooking. Right. So now what can Grant McCaslin and coach smart and company like that coaching staff, 
how do they pump the brakes on this losing skid and get us back on track? That's where I'm at. I'm yeah. still bought in. Like I never, like all those people that are freaking out now that the world's on fire. Like they were the same ones three weeks ago. that thought we were national title contenders. I bet. Oh yeah. Like get your expectations in line correctly. <clears throat> get them out of the stars. Um, and especially like just looking at just the thing entirety, like with the roster and McCaslin's first year and what happened last year and got left with, like still doing an amazing job. Still yeah. a good team. Like we didn't lose that. We just ran into some tough teams, some bigger, taller teams, some flu. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. A lot of yeah, factors. hit some adversity throughout a, 16 18 20 game big 12 season whenever it comes to that yeah a lot of factors affecting the red raiders over the last few weeks not to mention you've lost one of your better players in devin cambridge to injury uh you know just another body so you're already lacking depth wise size wise uh and then that all culminates in the baylor game which we'll you know get into but yeah. you know first yeah since he size Woo. For me, you know, I'm not concerned either. I think, you know, this team's so good. Like, you lost these games. They're close games. You fought hard. You know, the Baylor yeah. game, they they got up on you. But you, like, clawed back into it and made them have to play their guys throughout because you, you got it down to five with 40 yeah. seconds left. Like, they still had to sweat that one out. <clears throat> um, you know, the, the TCU game, you fought through the entire game. Cincinnati, uh, one possession game. Um, and, and a game, I think... You know, you, you made some mistakes. You had some uh, some turnovers and some plays that you would like to get back. And then, obviously, the flu has affected a lot of your really good players. And so, uh, for me, yeah, a big game Saturday to kind of get this thing back on track. To, I, this team's a competitive team. This team's a tournament team to me. Uh, and, and the key thing for me over the last three games, like, you're in all these games. You're not getting blown yes. out. You know, like, you're, no. you're, you're competitive competing all your guys are playing hard there's no quit in these guys i saw somebody comment on our under rc's tweet saying that these these guys quit and i'm like i don't know what team you're talking about that quit because this is a team that that never stops no. fighting until the clock hits zero like they're still out there swinging uh despite that game kind of being in hand and almost backdoor covered that <laughs> um so uh, I'm not super concerned. I think right now uh, this is kind of the team that we thought we were going to be. We thought we we're going to be a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team, which is yes. nothing bad, especially <clears throat> when you look at this conference. And I think this conference is even deeper than yeah. we thought coming into the year. Uh, and so being middle-of-the-pack at this point in the conference season is good. I think your hardest stretches are in the past. Yes, and So from agreed. here, you can only get better, I think. And so, um, so my concern level – Will rise if you lose on Saturday to UCF and then lose to Kansas. Then at that right, point, I right, think right. it's kind of all right, maybe panic time. But um, you've got two opportunities coming up. So we'll get into those games a little bit later. But first, we got to recap uh, Cincinnati and Baylor. So we'll start off with Cincinnati. Uh, Red Raiders lose their first home game at the USA in the Grant McCaslin era, uh, 75 to 72 to the Cincinnati Bearcats, thanks to a uh, clutch shot from them. Yeah. Um, they were getting to wherever they wanted on the court offensively. Uh, I think that is thanks to Warren Washington having uh, being really affected by the flu. He was not his particular defensive self uh, in this game. And then, uh, you know, they got the defensive stop that they needed uh, up 
by one point on you at the end of the game. And so they get the victory over you. It was a heartbreaking loss. It was a gut punch. Uh, the arena yes. was, uh, it was very loud. Once pop hit that three to go ahead, uh, it was chaotic in there. And then immediately just to have that energy kind of sucked out of the stadium, Dustin, your thoughts on the tough loss to the Cincinnati Bearcats. Yeah, it's tough. We learned of Lamar being out with the flu right before that. Mm-hmm. So there goes one of your guys that already plays, and you're only at, what, seven or eight yeah, <clears throat> on your bench anyways. So um, my biggest takeaway was that whole second half, it felt like we could never get a stop when yeah. we needed it. Like we would get a bucket to either – you know, it's a one-possession game pretty much all second half. Yeah, We'd get a bucket and then – couldn't get a stop, they'd get one. Or we'd miss, but then we'd get a stop. Like, it was always equaled out, and yeah. Cincinnati seemed to stay ahead, you know, one, two, three points just because of that. They'd match whatever we'd hit every time. And it was like, man. I was like I, – I texted our group, and I was like, are we too loud on defense for our def- our, our players? They can't like, communicate, what? yeah. Every time, you know, that last five minutes, a lot of times – Crowd rose up, got very loud in that place, 15,000 packed, and then Cincinnati would score. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that was my biggest takeaway. And then, you know, having your your big man, your seven-footer out half the game-ish didn't help when you're playing pretty much three seven-footers yeah. for Cincinnati, and they play two at a time. And then so like all like, their man, other guys were like six six and hot and taller. Felt like like so it's like man, oh. you're playing a lot of length, which obviously gets to you. So those were my two big takeaways there, man. Yeah, um, it was highly concerning when you came out of halftime and Warren Washington was all of a sudden nowhere to be seen. Um, yeah, back brace on a lot. Yeah, you're like, uh oh, like this could get really bad. Um, you know, and and I'll give credit to a guy that we've been really hard on. Robert Jennings kind of came in. And he had 14 points in this game. Yeah. He played pretty solid to keep you in it. But, yeah, it was just, like, punch after punch. It was such an even matchup the whole game. Like, I think the largest lead was, like, five or six. Um, it, it, you know, no team could ever pull away. Uh, I thought this was a game that you really should have won. I, thought, I think when you look yes. at it, uh, some of the rebounding, it felt like the ball would be right there and you just couldn't come away with it. Uh, loose balls, they would – end up in the Bearcats hands and then they'd make you pay for it I thought your defense was definitely affected by Warren we had a guy sitting behind us we sweat we uh switched up seats we got some tickets and so me and my wife were sitting oh, yeah. on the other side we had a dude who we had a Cincinnati fan in front of us all right was were they uh tolerable fans were they good fans? yes or, he, okay. he was good respect respectable guy probably like you know our dad's type age yeah. type of dude but yeah he's a good good guy good sport we had a guy who hates Warren Washington. <laughs> he, Why? I don't know. He like thought, as much as I don't like RJ, dude. Like, <laughs> er, like he was slapping the chair because it was me and Jeanette, and then there was nobody in the seats next to us. Okay. And so Warren, they Warren, they'd get a bucket over somebody else who has nothing to do with Warren, and he'd be like, "God damn it, Warren!" And he'd slap in the chair, and I'm like, "This dude thinks like Warren's supposed to guard all five players." Like there are sometimes like, all right, you, you know, now knowing that Warren has a flu, it's like under kind of understandable why he didn't have the, the lift that you kind of normally see him. But yeah, the dude was just like freaking out. And I'm like, man, he's not even guarding anybody this play. Like he's, he's over in the back. Like this wasn't his 
matchup that he let get the bucket. Like he was so pissed off at him. Um, but yeah, their size really affected you. I, I didn't realize since he's size kind of until God, like, me we were, yeah, I, I didn't really paid attention to them a whole lot. Um, but yeah, this is a really good team. I think their record doesn't speak for how good they are. You know, in big 12 play, they've been like in every single one of these games and you knew it was, they were bound to end up on the right side on one of these. And you yeah, know, they finally did. Okay. I thought pop had a horrible stretch for you while he almost was the hero. He had like three straight possessions in a tie game or two point game that you had a lead on where he turned the ball over three times. Um, where you could have built the lead and and that stuff was frustrating. It felt like when you had a chance to build the lead, you never could, you leave Cincy hanging around and then they were always able, they were always able to make the play when you weren't able to. Um, And so that was very frustrating. And then of course, flu being a big factor, any other thoughts you had? Yeah. So two things there, the flu thing I had a note on and like, we're not questioning the heart of this team or anybody being critical. Like we are, you know, like, Liking, disliking players, or however, questioning heart and whatnot. But mm-hmm. being sick during conference play is not an excuse. Yeah, you know why? Because the Big Twelve schedule and Big Twelve standings don't care. Yeah, they don't care if you're sick. There's not going to be an asterisk on that game and the Baylor game saying, "Ah, oh, they had the flu." Like, yeah. doesn't matter. You're still five and four. You're not five and two and a half or five and three and a half. Like. You don't get extra credit just because you weren't full strength or whatever. Like no one looks back on that and cares. Yeah, it's not a stat on the stat sheet. It's, it's just not a sympathy thing. thing. You don't get sympathy around the league for it. Like, yeah. it just happens. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate because yeah, we we know it impacts the play. Like you're you're not going to be a hundred percent yourself when you're sick. But you know, I I will say you know I thought they competed really hard. You know, they obviously. Um, we were in a dogfight with a, an, another team that, you know, they were craving a victory. Both teams were, you could tell. No doubt. Uh, uh, and it was just a, it was a tough battle. It was a really good big 12 basketball game. Uh, and unfortunately just came up short. Uh, but you know, their size, they, 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 yeah. I was pretty impressed with some of their players. I got to say, like I, I, oh, I, God, that yeah. Scallings guy, I thought he was great. Um, the kid who hit the, can't remember, Lucocious, Lucacious, or whatever, the guy who hit the game winner. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he had a really solid game. They just have a lot of dudes. That That's a team with a lot of guys who, who don't suck at basketball. <laughs> right. And then the last thing I wanted to say was, you know, McCaslin after the game was pretty fired up. Yeah. About losing at home. Yeah, he was. And he, quote, said, it's unacceptable and not good enough in this building. Yeah. And he's only – halfway through a conference almost a full year i guess full season you know we got a handful of left but like i really love hearing that yeah we have we haven't heard a coach like that in a long time beard probably got there after a few years i feel like, like he never got there i think he's still i don't know really... if he got that far but i love coach mccaslin setting that tone to his players and in his locker room like yeah it's not acceptable to lose here when yeah. 15,000 people are here cheering their ass off for you. Like for him to say that already is amazing to me. And like, I fully expect after this last week and three game losing streak and losing the last game, like our dudes are going to be fired up on Saturday yeah. against UCF because of this. I love that though. Yeah. I, I really thought that was, was great coaching 
for me. Yeah. You know, like like using the media to coach yeah. your team. Yeah. And, and he wasn't like super negative about him. It wasn't like disparaging them or throwing them under the bus. He was just saying they like we expect to win these games. Expectation is here. And we didn't. And you know, you you made several plays. You you had several turnovers. You let them feast on the boards. Uh, and those are reasons why you come up with a loss. And then um and so it's frustrating. You know, some stats will run through it here. You know, pop twenty two points, five of nineteen shooting from the field. He got a lot of his points from the free throw line. Yeah. Um you know, he hit the, the go-ahead three there down the stretch that <laughs> that thought you were going to get bailed out and maybe win this game. But he had five turnovers. Like, that's unacceptable. Like, five turnovers at home, yep. you can't be having that. And like I said earlier, there was like three straight possessions where he had chances to build a lead oh, yeah. uh, and take control of the game. And you don't need that from, you know, your best player. Uh, Robert Jennings, I thought, played – the best game of his career, 14 points. No he was, uh, had six boards. He had several putbacks. He kept you in the game there when he thought you weren't sure what was going on with Warren Washington. You need somebody to combat the size that since he was coming and he did a pretty solid job there. I actually found myself saying, maybe we need to put him in kind of down the stretch. Cause I, I, I just didn't see it from Warren from, you know, he was sick, but he was a liability at, at yeah. some points there defensively. And it was like, all right, maybe put the guy, who's actually That's had a pretty hot. solid game in. Um, and, and so, you know, shout out to him for having a good game. I, I know he probably personally was really needing that. I know we as fans were really wanting to see something from him after a pretty brutal stretch of games from him. Uh, Kerwin had 12 points and then something that I hope doesn't just become a normal, but, you know, Joe two points and only took three shots and really was pretty ineffective for you offensively in this game. Any thoughts on uh, any of those guys that I just mentioned? Yeah, we'll talk more about Joe. I want to talk more about him in the Baylor game. Um, but, yeah, RJ had a good game. He remembered how to play basketball again. I feel like it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. But – then forgot again. This but he came back down to earth against Baylor. Um, but, yeah, the one good game was nice to see. So props to yeah. him for that. You can see the talent. Like, he he made some really nice plays. And so you're like, all right, I can see why we're giving you a chance. Can you capitalize on it more than one yeah. game? We'll see. Um, but ultimately, the Red Raiders fall to Cincinnati. Uh, and then a tough road game. In Baylor, they were ranked number 13, Shoot. and things uh, got worse before the game as it was announced that Warren Washington was uh, too sick to play. Uh, so he is out. It's been reported that Grant McCaslin was bedridden for like two and a half days. Yeah. Sick with like 103-degree fever. Not great. Uh, so flu really kicking this team's butt right now. And Lamar uh, so, was still out. He played one minute. And yeah, he didn't play. Basically said, nah. Yeah. Um, and so you're pretty much down to, <laughs> to your, your starters and chance, and then kind of needing something from Kyron Lindsay, who actually got to play basketball. So shout out to that. Uh, I thought he was, I thought he was all right. Um, you know, Robert Jennings had to start for you and play for you, but ultimately Baylor, a lot of size, they have a really good freshman, big and Eves Missy who, uh, gave you a lot of problems. Oh yeah. Uh, you, you knew you were going to have a lot of problems without the size. Uh, you fought really hard, like, you know, we're not a moral victories team, but or podcast here, we're not like going to go <coughs> shout it out. But, you know, I think we all kind of immediately counted us out of this game. Oh, and yeah. For the majority of the game, like you were in the game in the first half, you 
you know, had a bad run at the end of the first half or else you would have gone into half with the lead. Stuck around for a majority of the second half until finally their size and foul trouble weared on you. But ultimately fall 79-73 in the yeah. worst uh, Kmart Angle Stadium in the country. Dustin, Jeez. your thoughts on the shorthanded loss to the Baylor Bears? Yeah, the shorthandedness is by far the biggest thing here. Like I just said, like no excuse for yeah. sickness. Don't get asterisks for this, but God, when you're playing a six, six and under lineup for majority of the game, it's rough, it's rough, 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 <laughs> you know? So, and then like Kyron Lindsay did the best he could. I thought he gave you some decent minutes. Yeah. Wasn't a negative out there. I mean, he's just not built not enough speed. to yeah. play against seven foot big dudes. Like, he said he hadn't played since like, Early January first, yeah, and so, and then just be thrown into the middle of conference play like that's not easy. <laughs> yeah, and like, dude, he's Garden's first round pick next year. Yeah, <laughs> like Baylor's got two first round picks, one of them a lottery pick on their team. We don't have that. We're playing six six and under for the most part. <laughs> but yeah, uh, kind of gonna stay on the big men, I guess. Like that trio of big men that tried to fill in for Warren. RJ was terrible again. He couldn't quit the dumb fouls to try to stay in the game. This was, and what's frustrating was like, dude, here's your opportunity. You're going to get the as many minutes as you want tonight. Like two fouls in the first. And yeah, he just kept making dumbass fouls left and right. He'd get in, boom. Like his third foul got in for like a minute. Third foul, fourth foul, like. The, Two of them are illegal screens. Some bad calls. One of them was not, the fourth one was not good, but man, that, the first one he got, it was clearly terrible. Like, dude, what are you doing? So it's like, man, you have a great opportunity to get a lot of minutes, have a similar game to last week, probably if you play up to where you were and more minutes. And you just couldn't do it. So we had to play Lindsay a lot. Thought he gave you some good minutes, wasn't a negative, and Emily Yalahu wasn't a negative. I didn't think either. Yeah, I thought, you know, they played as good as you could have hoped them to. I, th- I thought you saw some stuff from Chiron that makes me wonder why he hasn't played. I, I You know, to, to have not played a Big 12 ball in, like, the, the thick of it, like a game like this one, and immediately have to be played in, I thought he handled himself pretty well. He had, he had some dumb fouls. Um, sure, but when you're that undersized against yeah. your matchup, so I I, <laughs> I thought they all played as as good as you could have expected them to play, and I'd like to see more Chiron. I would. Yeah, he's just in that kind of a weird uh, position wise, I guess. Like it's more like a three. With size wise, but needs to be inside ish. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. That that'll be one of the things I would love an answer to is why he hasn't played, but then you I, I don't know if you saw the moment, but he kinda like makes a play on defense and then uh goes to the huddle and Grant gives him the nucks and a little smile. Um and so it makes you think like maybe things are good with that relationship there. I I, I don't know. It it, yeah. it remains a mystery to me, but if he's still on the roster next year, then I guess that speaks to right. 
the plan, I guess, that Grant has for him. But it yep. it was good to see him play. No doubt. I think everybody loved that. Uh, any other thoughts you had on this loss? Um, Kind of a weird spin on it uh, with it being such a close game because you do have to play Baylor again here. I oddly think that kind of gives you an advantage because yeah. you didn't play one of your better players and had to play a totally different ball game offensive and defensively. So yeah. now obviously they can scout and see all this, but like the players playing against Warren, that's totally different. You know, they didn't get to feel him out and like, Oh, he's mm-hmm. going to do this. He's going to be here. So game plan wise, like on the floor, I think that gives you a little bit of advantage when they have to come back to Lubbock and he's back. Yeah, that's a that's a good you know? thought. Is it, yeah, they they got a completely different Texas Tech team, like literally one we haven't really watched at all this year. Uh, yeah, so did we. <laughs> and and we're all like, what you know, uh, trying to figure it out too. So yeah, it's going to be a completely different team that they're going to face in Lubbock, and and who knows, maybe Chiron's found himself in just some minutes. Like who knows what the team looks like when they come back? Yeah. But, you know, hopefully Warren's back and healthy and back to the, his self that was kind of before he got sick because uh, he was playing some really good basketball, and that's going to be a, a good advantage for us. But, yeah, ultimately my thoughts, you know, it, it sucks to lose, uh, you know, like this. You know, I thought we competed well in the first half. I thought you played really well. I thought that end, that last, like, two minutes of the first half was pretty brutal. You had a nice little comfortable lead. Pop made, again, there's like two straight games where you have opportunities and he just like plays too fast, gets up in the air and makes silly passes and turns the ball over. And you go from a six point lead with two opportunities to score and pop turns the ball over. And then all of a sudden Baylor's cut the lead and then they get back into the game and now have the lead at half. And it's like, pop, just slow down. You don't have to play at a hundred miles per hour though. Like, ah, I know he's like trying to capitalize on these moments, but they're becoming negative plays for you that are impacting yep. the other team. And that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. I had a note on that. And he did it in the stretch in the second half too. Mm-hmm. Like three straight turnovers that are just silly and not there. Kind of careless. Reminded me a lot of last year type yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah I can't mm-hmm. have it needs to clean it up. Like, and it's, only been the last like few weeks that we've seen this like he needs to revert back to where we were earlier in the year and not force it as much yeah and it's been pretty frustrating with him and joe um i think yeah you know joe in the uh uh was it the ah, i was a tcu game that he kept struggling but you know I, I think there were some moments in the cincy game where it was he would have like a fast break and just dribble it off his couldn't dribble anymore it's like these two oh, guys yeah. he had an open dunk or layup yeah. no one on that half of the court and he messed it up and and so it's like i don't know what's going on we had been a pretty good transition team but for some reason these two guys lately it's like they're panicking or they're just trying to do too much or they're putting too much pressure on capitalizing on those moments and it's starting to be like a pretty negative for you just slow it down like you got the ball your offense is pretty good you can figure out how to get an open shot most possessions like let's Hey, if you don't have the numbers, it's okay to pull it back. You have the yes. you have an extra possession here, um, and so the, some of that stuff's been pretty frustrating. Uh, you know, I thought we battled on the boards in this game, despite um, somewhat. Well, 
you know, it started off pretty bad. Started off real bad. <laughs> it started off like, oh man, they're just going to get every rebound. There's just going to be no chance. But you know, it felt like from the ten minute stretch on, you kind yeah. of evened it out a little bit. So you know, I was impressed with that. They only had a you know eleven offensive rebounds, and I swear, like six or seven of those came within that first like yes ten minute stretch. So you know, I was I was proud of our effort there, but. We knew this was going to be a tall task, and you, all all I really wanted to see from us this game was to fight and to not just get blown out. Yeah, to be in this game, and so and there yeah. were some chances there, like yeah. early on, they made back to back threes, and it was looking like, uh oh. <clears throat> and then, yeah. like even they went on that like from the under twelve to about the seven minute mark, that five minute stretch, they went on like a fifteen to two run and got it up to thirteen. That looks like it was going to be, yeah. you know, grave time, but I fought back from that too. Got it back single digits pretty quick from there. Yeah, you just never quit in this team, and, and that's good to see. Um, what what I would like to see is, like, we're just a team that we have really hard time building leads, and that's, <laughs> that's like – What is that? Every single game, and you have opportunities to – build a four point lead into an eight, 10 point lead. And you're just unable to capitalize. And then that swings into like a 10 0 run for the other team. Oh yeah. Um, and, and so these are some of the frustrating things that you hope that we're able to sort out and start figuring out how to make the right play. When you have a chance to, to build a lead, we got to start yeah. doing that. Uh, Cause you know, this game probably, probably ends up differently. If you're able to do that, if Jennings can make f- three of his four wide open layup attempts that he just misses around the rim. Um, you know, he goes off having 14 points last game. And then this game, you know, misses a wide open layup under the basket, misses a easy put back, misses another first shot. He got uh, blocked real hard. Yeah. And it's just like, man, those are that, that six points right there. You lost by six. Like sure. Maybe the game, you know, the game changes. If you make those layups, those easy gimme opportunities. And those are things you just haven't been able to do. Uh, but Dustin, we got to watch our first game in the new Baylor Arena. Uh, the tweets on the camera angle were pretty funny. Um, yeah, how? What were your thoughts on on the, the the infamous Baylor camera angle? I felt like I needed one of those roller coaster seatbelt you know, safety bars to put on the couch so I didn't fall off. I was looking like this. I was trying to find a good gift, but there's not any good roller coaster safety bar gifts. So people need to get on that for me. Um, But it's freaking ridiculous that you built a $200 million brand new facility to downsize and you forgot about the camera angle. And so you just strapped it to the roof. Yeah. Pretty ridiculous. First off, uh, a team that's won a national championship Yes, years ago, they brought that up like seven times last night. <laughs> having to downsize their arena, and then yeah, it's just like apparently very steep. And then you put the camera at the very top. Uh, not pleasant. I'm glad that game is over and that we don't have to see that. Till you can't even year. see the whole court. Yeah, that's that's what bothers me. Is like the bottom. The you can't see the bottom sideline. Frustrating. <laughs> uh, so glad and that they- that game's over. And then, like, you can't see, like, it gives you also bad depth perception of the players also. It makes them very flat. And the shots look weird, too. Like, some of the threes are like, I I can't tell. Like, Like, 
I don't need the all 22 angle of a freaking basketball game. I felt like I watched the Baylor game earlier this season where it was a little bit higher. I don't know if they've even, I don't know if they tried to fix it a little bit. It felt like, I, I don't know, maybe I just haven't watched enough Baylor games, but felt like they tried to get it a little bit closer. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It was still, it was still out of whack. Uh, hated it. Um, and so glad that they, that game. Surely they get that fixed next year. I would hope. Everybody keep bitching about it on Twitter, please. Send, keep bitching about it. Send their AD uh, lots of tweets because we found out, you know, if if your coach gets kicked out, uh, ejected from a game, and then your athletic director bitches about Big 12 refs, you get an 11 to 5 foul count in the first half. Um, <laughs> and so apparently that's the move. So if you bitch at an AD, maybe he will hear us and change that camera angle. I don't know. We'll get into the officiating after we go through the stats here, but we did get to see Kyron Lindsay. Uh, he played uh, Jennings and him combined for eight fouls total and only four points. So yeah. not, not great, not great, no. but uh, they got some pretty bad calls against them. Uh, Pop only 11 points. Thought he was kind of forcing it offensively. The crowd was on him, which was super ironic. That Very uh, ironic to uh, Baylor say no of means all, no. Of all Baylor. places. Yeah rape you with people call it saying no means no to somebody who hasn't even been accused or has been accused, but hasn't been charged of anything. Baylor was actually charged. Players were charged. Yeah. Um, but he struggled. I thought this game, 11 points, five assists, four turnovers, uh, another bad turnover game for him. Nine in the last two numbers that you don't want to see. Uh, Joe, a little bit of a bounce back game, uh, 18 points, six assists. You said you wanted to talk a little bit more about Joe after this game. Your thoughts on on Joe right now? I did because Joe's been, you know, off, gone. We don't know what happened to his basketball yeah. powers for the last two and a half, three weeks. But he was back tonight. I think he either gave himself or a coach gave him a real good pep talk of, hey, get back to being – aggressive yeah. freaking Joe. Cause that's when he's the best when he's aggressive on defense. Sure. He picked up a couple dumb aggressive fouls, but it's a, it's a tone setter for yeah. us on that end. And his aggressiveness on offense helps and not being out of control and dumb with it. Like it was good to see him back in action, like in his lane. Yeah. I thought he was really impressive in the first half. I think, you know, he was looking for his shot and, you know, he was hitting his shots and, and that was yeah. what you needed to set the tone in the first half. And, you know, I think he still tried to do like the second half. I think he was trying to do too much a little bit. Uh, and some of that stuff gets a little frustrating. Um, but I would much rather see him in aggressive attack yeah. mode like he was this game than passive and, and just kind of eliminated himself offensively from the last few games you know and so uh you need him he had you know earlier this season he was your leading scorer on the team you know now pop's taking that over but you need him and pop to both be aggressive on offense yes. attack and, and what he's really good at is getting in and, and drawing fouls down low and, and but still being strong you know he had that play and I, I hate the too small thing but he had that play down low where he uh pump faked and got the Baylor big guy up on the air and then hits a nice little shot. They yeah. too small them after when you're losing. I don't like that. 
but he, you know, he's crafty when he's working to try to score instead of like trying to draw fouls uh, and stuff like that. So I thought it was a nice performance. Hopefully we see more of those performances. You absolutely needed him to do it last night. And so uh, you're going to need him to do that every night moving forward. Uh, Darian Williams, 17 points. I thought he was really good for you. Yeah, really good game. game. Uh, Chance, another solid 15 points, uh, continues to kind of be your best, most consistent three-point shooter. Uh, He was really good for you. Uh, Kerwin had a couple as well. Um, So that's kind of our stats. Uh, The next kind of topic of conversation I wanted wanted to discuss here, we, we uh, we posted a video. It feels like this is our just yearly you know, chat about the Big 12, the state of Big 12 officiating. But yep. it feels like we've had four pretty bad <laughs> officiated games here going back to the Oklahoma game, TCU game. Three of these being on the road, too, doesn't help that. It just feels like you've had uh, a significantly less whistle that's favored you. And then, you know, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, I go back to kind of one call. You know, I thought we got a lot of fouls called for us that, kind of benefited us and i'm not going to rewatch that game but i specifically remember one play where the usa lost its damn mind it's maybe the loudest i've ever heard us boo officials uh my whole section was fucking angry i was pissed Jeanette was pissed and booing but you have warren washington on one end going up cincinnati comes over the top no verticality or whatever fouls them it goes uncalled came from behind came from behind not called um immediately the immediate possession maybe not even 10 seconds later the exact same thing on the other side happens boom foul they get two you know they get two free throws he makes both of them four point swing you you lose your chance at the two points they get two points immediate four point swing in a one possession game huge call um and then uh, you know Baylor starting off eleven to five in the first half was just an absolute joke to me. I, I I can't stand the officiating. I think it's every year it gets worse and worse and worse across the board. I'm not talking just Big Twelve, college basketball, NBA. These officials are terrible at all levels, and they're ruining basketball for me. Your where are some of your thoughts right now? Because it's been a pretty brutal stretch. Like it, it's making the games very difficult to watch with how bad it's been. Yeah, this season in the Big 12, and especially the last two weeks, like you said, have been even worse than normal. And we didn't have good to begin with, we think, you know, as fans. Um, So, like, it's crazy that it's just so repetitive is, is what kills me. And it's like Hollywood Higgins is in charge of the officiating now and it seems like nothing's being done or said about it on their yeah, end. No accountability. On the Big 12's end. And that's what's kind of frustrating to me because it's like we're getting games every single night that are terribly officiated in the yeah. best basketball conference in this in college. Yeah. And you have 10 teams within two games of first place halfway through the season. That means every game matters. You can't just pick and choose like, hey, we need a super crew on the Houston-Kansas game. You know? Like, does that matter? Sure. But so does Cincinnati-Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. And like, like that's what sucks. And it's like, the Cincinnati game, you know, Lady Ref didn't have a – was that the Cincinnati game? Yeah. Yeah, Lady Ref. And then – 
two refs I'm not super familiar with, but one was like a, a, a guy and he, he was the one who, yeah. Lady ref had a stellar yeah. game. Very sarcastically said there. And my thing is I said it to Bryn during sitting there and it's like, this is like her third year in the big 12. Yeah. This She's isn't like a vet. <laughs> this isn't like new in a new environment. Like she's been here, literally here in Lubbock, and done screwing us over in other plenty of games. Like this is not a rookie type situation, and it's like, man, what? I don't know if they're doing anything to fix it. I know they came out with, hey, we need to work on bench decorum with the coaches, which we do. But they're only going to make one example out of it, (laughs) and. The Scott Drew example was a terrible, terrible time to pick that because his foot is literally still on the coach's line. Yeah. And I don't know if he got a warning or whatever earlier, but usually they can come out further, get back. Then they'll get told, hey, warning, stay in the, in the box. Yeah. But like, I agree. They do need to be, you know, that statement needed to come out earlier this week that, Hey, you can't be Jamie Dixing all the time and be on the court when the other team has the ball over here. But, yeah, but unfortunately, do better with that be. than what you do with Scott Drew because that was stupid. So, and then Kelvin Sampson got himself tossed. Uh, he had a too. great one though. That was fantastic, dude. Yeah. He knew right away. He was all yeah. He was like, I'm, I'm getting, getting tossed because I'm going to the <laughs> other free throw line to yell at this ref. <laughs> He went charging like Isaiah Pacheco out of the backfield, dude. Yeah, you seriously? That was like the most hilarious thing. Uh, I've never seen that guy so fired up. I was like, Do and then it. The, let him know. You listen to the video clip. The announcers are like, oh, and now he just got tossed. Yeah, he yeah, planned sure. on that when he came onto the court, past half you court. You don't go to the other. He, he was on the free throw he line. He knew he was he getting tossed. <laughs> this is not a surprise here. I was so confused for a second. I was like, why the because <laughs> I was we were at Teddy Jackson's watching, so I couldn't hear the volume or anything, and so I just watching kind of back and forth, and then all of a sudden Kelvin Sampson's over there. But you've had two coaches, and then I don't know he he didn't answer his question because he was like, I'm not going to get fined twenty five thousand dollars for saying what I think. Um, he's like, you're asking me a stupid question, putting me in that situation. But I think these coaches are frustrated. I mean, Which, you saw it. It only took Kelvin Sampson half a season in the Big 12 yeah. to get fed up with Big 12 refs. <laughs> God, it's so bad. Like, Kelvin Sampson's losing his mind over it. Um, you know, Scott Drew gets kicked out in their AD, you know, rightfully. He goes bashes, off. And, hey, they get a favorable call. So, you know, I'm calling for Grant. If we're getting shafted again against UCF, get ejected because we're going to need those fouls for the Kansas game on Monday. Um but, man, it, it's just every year we're having this conversation. Every year it feels like it gets worse. The consistency is so yes. lacking. The awareness level is an all-time low. I, I don't know how you, in your mind, you can watch a game, not see a guy get fouled, not make the call, then immediately go down to the other side of the court and call the exact same thing. Like, how do you not have the awareness level? Like, hey, I didn't call that on here. I can't call that over here. Like, this, that's simple. That should be basic officiating. I think the other thing now. Just get rid of charges. Just get rid of it. Throw it out the fucking rule book. We don't need charges anymore. You basically got it. It's basically almost there. Like, I felt like I've only seen a handful of charges called this season in tech games. 
Yeah. But it, it's just get rid of it. So that way you don't have to question it anymore. It's just, hey, if you get in the way, it's a block. That's what it is. Or, or it's or, a no or, call. It's, or it's a no you call. you just offered yourself to the ground and they're yeah. still playing. But just yeah. get rid of it because you, you've basically already done that. But, you know, you know, Joe fouls out on a charge, which I, you know, it was a charge. He, he lowered his shoulder, ran, you know, the guy guessed right on where Joe was going. He lowered his shoulder, knocked him to the ground. I don't Earlier think the game, knew what to call there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, earlier in the game, though, Joe's coming down the or uh, they're coming down the court. Joe guesses gr- right perfectly where the offensive player is going to go, takes a hit right to the chest. And every other year, every year in college basketball, so that is a charge. a charge. It is a block. And so, like, just get it out. Let's just get it out. Let's just make it all a charge. So, that, you know, nobody's going to be bitching if there's no charge calls anymore. Yep. It's going to be like, all right, it's a block. I, I can't be like, nope, that was a charge. You get rid of that. Um, and, and I think you need a fourth official. I think you need four officials. He's, he's not calling the game, but he's over there. He's like the coach for the officials. And during the timeouts, he's like, guys, you've lost control of this game. Like, he's a hard ass. He's a freaking Grant McCaslin getting in your face being like, you've guys lost control. Like, wouldn't that be fun just to see him kind of getting chewed out or just be like, or just somebody to be like, hey, you've lost, lost control of this game. Or, hey, you're calling fouls on Texas Tech that you're not calling for Cincinnati. Or that you're not calling for Baylor. We've got to figure this out. Like I, I, I don't know what the fix is. It's gotten so bad. Maybe we just strip some of the rules. Maybe we dumb it down. Basics. Yeah. Officiating for dummies. Hey, like we're calling these five things. Let's just get it basic to where it's watchable. Like it's ruining the watchability of the sport. Right. You know, you can't see an NBA game any night without like, wow, Jason Tatum got tossed for. Uh, looking at the ref funny, uh, Doc Rigger, Doc Rivers is tossed handed, the, handed for, the ref the ball, you know, yeah, the wrong way. Uh, you know, Scott Drew tossed for <clears throat> his foot being all over the coach's box. Uh, just ridiculous stuff every single night in basketball. Uh, you know, Duke beat Clemson because officiating was terrible at the end of that game. It's too much. It's it's annoying. It's ruining the watchability of a sport that I love. You know, I feel like football's kind of figured it out. Uh, this was like the first season in football in a long time that I'm like, you know what? I didn't really complain about officiating too much. I don't even remember any bad officiating yeah. from tech games. Um, and basketball, sure, there's a lot going on. It's a fast-paced sport with athletic specimen playing it. It's going 100 miles an hour, but it's bad. It's really bad right now. Uh, and, and it's costing you some of these games. Like, like it, it's literally changing – outcomes of games with how bad some of these calls are so yeah um no, they gotta right. fix it they gotta fix it and they won't they won't because it's uh <laughs> there's no accountability with the officials they get a mess up games and then hey we'll see y'all tomorrow night doug sermons was calling clemson north carolina the other night he'll be calling tech kansas on Monday somewhere night. tonight somewhere tonight somewhere tomorrow Saturday. on thursday and then flying Friday for his big game Saturday. You know, they don't see Texas Tech versus Kansas. They see it's the Doug Sermon show. It's the Jerry Pollard show. It used to be the Hollywood Higgins show. Um, you know, they, they assert themselves too much in these games. They got to take a step back. It's got to be better than this. Yep. But anyway, so there's our, you know, yearly tirade on basketball officiating uh and i'm sure we'll have more rants about it as the season continues because we're we still got a lot of big 12 basketball to go uh and then we'll get to the tournament where none of this stuff is called (laughs) 
So fun stuff. But up next for the Red Raiders, of course, on Saturday, the UCF Knights come to town. Saturday at 3 o'clock. Follow that up with Kansas. Kansas Jayhawks are one and only meeting with the Jayhawks this year. Comes on Big Monday night at 8 p.m. Dustin, your thoughts on this huge now. Now it's a very big uh, homestand that you have. Two important games and a chance to bounce back for the Red Raiders. Yeah, you need to win one of them. <laughs> you can't go over here and be on a five-game losing streak. That'll, uh, things things will start to unravel a little bit if that happens. Yeah, panic you know. meter will rise significantly. <laughs> so win one of these, ideally Saturday against UCF, and then see what happens Monday because obviously Kansas is very good. It's a very good roster. They've had some tough games in the Big 12 already this year, but still they're trotting out NBA talent. Similar like Baylor yeah. was against you. They have probably the best big skilled man in the conference in Hunter Dickinson. So that's going to give you fits, but you know, hopefully Warren will be there and back to health and can, can handle him the best he can. So yeah, win one of them, try to hold the color down the best you can. Um, also when Kansas comes, don't want him to have a good game here. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Uh, I want to see what Tyrese Hallop or not Tyrese. I don't know. I think uh, Tyrese Hunter. <laughs> I hope he's not coming back to play. Hunter, his name's Tyrese Hunter, isn't it? Or that is the not Texas right. player. That's um, the Texas guy. Yeah. Yeah, Hunter. Um, I I just know his he last went name. Over there, not. Yeah, he was over. Um, against with, like, Iowa State. Turnovers against his, his former team. team. Want numbers like that yeah. for Kevin McCullough when I he comes saying. back. It was really funny seeing him. Uh, I don't know if you watched the the Kansas Kansas State game, but he had a chance to uh, tie the game with free throws and missed it, and was big reason why they lost. So shout out nice. to him for, for doing <laughs> that. Um, good good free throw shooting there, Kevin. Um, yeah, big big homestand. Like I, I think you need to go two and zero. You know, I, I would love to be Kansas. They're not a very good road team. I mean, all four of their losses have come on right. the road. They, they, they are a completely different team at home than they are on the road. So I think it's a big opportunity. I think they're, they have a very small roster that they're playing. There's really like their starters. They're kind of similar to you in that they don't have a lot of depth. Not deep. It's, yeah, yeah. It's their starters and that's pretty much all they're scoring. Um, and so, uh, if you're able to get Dickinson in foul trouble or McCullough or something like that, they're really going to struggle. Uh, so that's why you hope for a favorable whistle against them. But, yeah. you know, first and foremost, you got to take care of business against UCF, get, get a win, uh, get back in the winner's column, uh, get a win over a, a UCF team. That's been pretty feisty this year. They're, you know, they that are, they're no slouch. They're, they're not the team that everybody kind of charted up as they're going to be last place in the big 12 conference. They've uh, found a way to, to be competitive um uh in this league and pull off some wins and sure a lot of them have been at home but they did beat texas at texas and so uh they're not a team that you can uh just walk past and and hope for victory but you know what i hope for is a good solid victory one that you don't have to sweat on on saturday one that you're able to build on a lead uh hopefully you're healthy hopefully you're back to got rid of this flu uh, and can no bounce kidding. back there and then follow that up with the big Monday night win. You'll be feeling a lot be- better about yourself if you win these next two games. All those people who are saying this team quit or isn't a tournament team anymore will look foolish. And then, of course, you know, if it goes the opposite way, then maybe it's time to hit the panic meter, 
and readjust uh, what might be <laughs> our yep. thoughts on the, on this team moving forward. But uh, Big 12 provides you an opportunity every game uh, to, to kind of get back in that race. And right now, uh, like you said, there's what there's, I don't know, half the league is, uh, a game or two out of first place. So <laughs> yeah, pretty much more than half. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, every, every road game is, uh, feels like it's a automatic loss on, on almost right now, but Anyway, that'll do it for our basketball coverage for us this week. Real quick before we hit our final shots, or do you just want to make this our final shot? Because I don't really have many final shots uh, really much. Yeah, we can go do that. So my final shot, I'll, I'll guess, will be Stephen Hamby. Let go as the offensive line coach for the Red Raiders here this, yeah. this week. Um, very odd timing. I think a lot of people have pointed that out. This is not the point of the year where coaches are usually let go um i i haven't heard really much on the reasoning for it i do know that the line play wasn't great over these last two years i think a lot of guys that you had high hopes for especially some of those western kentucky guys that followed him over uh rusty stats uh i can't even remember the other guy um uh who came over that you know, didn't live up to the uh, possibilities nope. that you thought they struggled. The line really struggled. Um, and so it made sense in a way, it just doesn't make sense as to why it happened at this point in the season. Uh, maybe he would, maybe they wanted to lock on in some of these recruits. You have a pretty good offensive line class coming in. I don't know. Uh, confusing, but anything you've heard or any thoughts you have on Hamby being let go? Yeah, no word on it. Um, yeah, it is weird. Don't know if it was <clears throat> something that happened with him outside the football facility, something that happened in the football facility between him and other coaches, or it was an expectations thing, not meeting those, <clears throat> and we're going to go a different direction. Like, no one knows, really. So that's a little odd. Yeah. Um, so... But yeah, like you said, I know we need to find one pretty quick and get him, uh, and a good one. Don't just get yeah. whoever, because yeah, you need one somebody in house <laughs> coaching these guys for the spring, uh, and you need a good one because like this has been your point of emphasis with Joey McGuire in the recruiting trail on offense at least, you know D line as well. Like you need to get bigger and better in the trenches, and so you're gonna need a coach to help with that. Yeah, and you know you brought in a lot of transfers, uh, some oh, transfers that are going to be day one starters. Uh, four you, new starters yeah. next year, and you've brought in probably one of your best offensive line freshman class that you had in sometimes. Um, so this is a, a very important hire, uh, and this this is the group that's protecting your quarterbacks who that too. <laughs> we have to mention have not been healthy. <laughs> so no. uh, I would say this might be baby joey's most important hire other than Ooh. like you know a coordinator a yeah. coordinator um because you you really need this group to be successful i think if you ever want to reach the goals yeah. that you know joey has set and so the timing's very odd we'll be curious to see who we find to replace i feel like right now it's kind of hard to find a replacement but you know maybe you can lure somebody else over from maybe they already kind of know where they're going with this and maybe that's why it happened but 
uh, would be, would love to know why, you know, would love to yes. get the answer on, on, on why, um, this happened and why it happened now. Um, but hopefully it leads to a better, uh, a better offensive line unit yeah. for you here this next year. Maybe it ends up being a positive thing, uh, but odd. So, uh, some, some Texas tech news here in February football wise. So thought we would at least mention that Dustin, do you have any other final shots or anything you wanted to kind of mention? Uh, well, it's just going to be the Super Bowl on Sunday. Let's go Chiefs. Get Patrick Mahomes that third ring. Yep. Yep. Excited for this one. Uh, I still can't believe that they made it with Marquez Valdez, Stanling, and Scantling. I can't even pronounce his name. MVS and... Mecole Hardman. Mecole Hardman. Mecole. Uh, God. Uh, yeah. Excited for this one. Super Bowl rematch. We'll dive more into this game after the Super Bowl. Of course. Yeah next week and then with the tech basketball game being uh a monday nighter we'll have you know maybe get to record uh this episode maybe a little earlier in the week next week or get this one out for you guys um but to catch everything we're doing through the rest of basketball season and then into baseball season because baseball season's getting closer and closer i think we're less we're like less than two weeks away from baseball uh getting started so uh, Tim Tadlock and the boys are around the corner. We'll be here to talk about that. You got to follow us. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five stars. Five stars for the tailgate, please. And if you listen to us on Apple, we always appreciate a good review there. Also, follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. Like I always say, it's where we do most of our posting and interacting. So if you want to be in touch with the show, that's where to follow us. We do have Facebook, Instagram, and a YouTube channel. As well, we want to thank you for hanging out with us this week, talking some Texas Tech basketball, unfortunate losses, but hopefully we'll be back next week to talk about some dubs. Until then, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate. Peace.